trying. You know, I've, I've been busking and I went and got a job and tonight was my first night. You know, this was supposed to be my big day to turn everything around. And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike and Oscar. I can't play the date game with you guys because I'm not sure what date this is going up. But hi, Mike won here. Uh, my co-host, also Mike, not here this evening. Had other obligations, but that's all right. We got kind of a special episode of MMO interviews for you anyway. Also, Mike will be back next episode, certainly. But for this episode, you heard me speak glowingly uh, on MMO Weekly's What We're Watching segment last month. Sometime around Halloween, I found this horror movie from Chelsea Stardust, the director, that I absolutely fell in love with. And I fell in love with the main character from this as well. The lead actress, Haley Griffith, is going to join me today for an episode of MMO Interviews. We're going to talk all about her work there on Satanic Panic, all about her process as an actress and all about her her process as an up-and-coming star here in the industry. A really cool interview. You've seen Haley all around your television sets primarily. You can also check her out in the upcoming adaptation of Martin Eden from Jay Craven, where she will be playing the role of Ruth Morse. You've seen her on The Mysteries of Lore. You've seen her on CBS's Bull, and you've even seen her probably on Law & Order SVU because we all love that show so very much. So just Mike one. Just MMO interviews with Miss Haley Griffith. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the chat, and we will see you on the other side. All right, on the line right now, we got Miss Haley Griffith. Haley, welcome, and thank you so much for coming on to MMO. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, good, good. Like I said, hopefully it lives up to the expectations on this end. But <laughs> I'm sure it will. <laughs> I want to hear all about you getting the part of Sam and Satanic Panic and where you're heading in the future, but I guess just as a mean of background to start for listeners who may not know, uh, where are you from originally, and just can you kind of summarize your backstory of why you wanted to get into the business at all? What kind of drew you to acting in the first place? So I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Um, and I've always just been a very, um, extra human being, I guess you could say, um, as a kid, I always loved acting and that was like, that, that was always my big thing that I loved to do. And then uh, over time I just did more theater and plays and I went out for this random, uh, it was like an open call for skins. If you remember the British version, sure. they did a, a U.S. version, which didn't it was had issues with it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I went out for that and it was just like a big open call with like thousands of people. And then I got really far and I got to the very end of that, but I was way too young and was not the right type. But, um, <laughs> but after that I was kind of like, Oh, I think I could probably maybe do this hopefully. And then I, you know, thankfully got with a manager and an agent and was auditioning throughout high school. And then I moved to the city and I just kind of continued from there. And it's been really, really great because I love it. It's fun. It's, you just get to get paid to play, play dress up all day, which is like a dream. <laughs> so this is basically, I mean, this is like a lifelong goal. This is what you're set on doing. This is what you have to want to do with yourself in your career. Yeah. All right, oh yeah. So it's nice that it's now, now like working out. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. That's always a good thing. Um, right. <laughs> are you a horror fan originally? Uh, do you have attachment to the genre? Yes, I am a huge horror fan. I grew up, I have a really weird family. Like, we're all really weird. So when I was a kid, my dad and I would have, like, father, bo- father-daughter father bonding days, and we would just sit on the couch and watch horror movies all day long. Oh, that's and awesome. And that was, like, our thing. Yeah, and I love, so I've always been a huge fan of horror. That's, like, my favorite genre, genre to watch, like, just randomly. If I need a movie to watch, I'm always going to go to horror movies. So, and I've always wanted to be in one, because it looks so fun and crazy and just even just wanting to like run around and pretend someone's chasing you and covered in blood that for me i was like that's what i want i want that oh that's so you're so you're literally i mean you're literally living your dream right now 
Oh my God. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is like, especially since it was my first movie. I'm like, this is all I've ever wanted. Now I get to do it as my first like big movie job, which was so cool. Oh, that's so dope. So, I mean, I have to ask listeners know both Mike and myself were big horror buffs too, but what were some of your favorites growing up? What did you like in the genre? What did you and dad watch most often? Oh God. We watched, I mean, cabin fever was like one of the first I actually saw. Nice. Um, yeah, I loved, uh, I mean, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, those are the classic ones. But we watched a lot of, like, Wrong Turn and, and Hostel and those kind of movies we were, were, like, big ones we watched. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool to hear, especially, like, you have that kinship growing up as it was ingrained in your family. That's really cool. So it sounds like you were, yeah. I mean, you've been kind of primed to be this Sam character from the start. <laughs> in a way, kind of, which feels nice. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess uh, talking about getting into the role of Sam, getting to Satanic Panic, how does how do you find yourself with this script, or how does the script find you? What's kind of the process there that at least got you into knowing that that role was out there? So I got sent the audition by my agents, and they were like, "Take a read, see what you think." And I was immediately obsessed with the script. I I couldn't believe how funny it was and how how dark and twisted it was because I have a very weird dark sense of humor and I, I like things that kind of push the envelope and and that for me is like my big I love that so and Grady Hendrix is such an incredible writer and the minute I started reading it I was like oh my god I have to be in this movie like I cannot I cannot live with myself if I am not running away from a giant kildo so I, <laughs> oh, we're gonna get so into I that know. yeah oh yeah <laughs> so I was I was already like I was so determined I was like god I really need this um, and then I sent in a self date because the auditions were in LA and that's where everyone else from the movie is from. So I just sent in one self tape. And then later that week, cause at this point they didn't even have a director yet. Chelsea wasn't attached. Um, so I knew it was going to be a bit of a process before I heard anything. Hmm. And then I got an email like a couple days later saying, Hey, they really like you. You're on hold for the character. And I was like, okay. And then Maybe a month later, I got an email that said, hey, they have a director now and she would like to have a Skype meeting with you. So I met Chelsea over Skype and we had a great long conversation about horror and the movie and, you know, kind of our, our ideas of what we wanted. And then a couple of days later, I got the call that I got Sam and I lost my mind and was just sobbing. Like and all that is from just sending in an audition tape on your own that you yeah. I mean, did you film that um, in your apartment? Yeah. Or? yeah, I filmed it right in my bedroom, like right in front of my bed. And I did it like late at night with my roommate and I could not believe that it was, and it was only one tape, which I thought was crazy. Cause I, cause normally for me, I've always been that actor where I'm like, I don't think, I mean now more so I think it's a, a big thing, but cause I've been acting since I was younger, mm-hmm. self tapes, you never really got anywhere with them. Like you would kind of send them in and you never heard anything and you're like, okay, that's it. And then they cast someone who like came into the actual office. Right, right, so right. So it was, it kind of blew my mind that that's now like a real thing that they, they do is they actually take them into consideration, which was really a, an exciting thing. Yeah, I was I was doing research and I noticed that about you. I mean, how you got this. I, I was preparing to ask you these questions about like how arduous was the audition process and how many callbacks did you have and blah, blah, blah. And then I noticed you, yeah. did, you just sent in a self-type. I mean, this again, it seems like you were kind of this role was made to fit you in a way. Oh, thank you. I That's what Chelsea said. And I was like, oh, my God, because I, I, I immediately was drawn to the character and just. My my mind was because I love I love comedy as well. Sure. So my mind was already going like a million miles a minute with like ideas of stuff to do and and so I think that really helped that Chelsea and I got to talk as well because I kind of just 
rambled to her for like 45 minutes about, you know, everything that I liked about it. And I'm like, and I, and I was thinking about this and then like maybe this thing. <laughs> and she thankfully was really open to that and was like, oh, great. Okay. She gets it. <laughs> well, so you, you said that the first time you met Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Stardust, the director of this, she, uh, it was over this Skype session. I, I noticed that, uh, I heard that she gave you back a list of like other horror properties. So were you just like a horror student, like going to bed every night covered in blood and guts on your TV? Oh, yeah, it was amazing. It was the greatest, like, <laughs> couple weeks of my life leading up to that because she gave me um, she gave me a list of movies to watch, and um, she she recommended reading Grady Hendrix's My Best Friend's Exorcism. Oh, which okay. Which is one of my favorite books. It's so good. And she gave me, which was really cool, she made a playlist for what she, like, the, kind of what she wanted as the tone of Satanic Panic. So I would just like listen to that playlist and then, you know, be watching these movies every night and reading the book. So I was, it was like a dream to just get to be focused on horror for a couple of weeks, which was so, it was so exciting. That's so cool. And I, I mean, I know that Deathgasm was on that list, which is not something yeah. I know of yet. I actually only know about that through doing research for this interview. So I have to watch that now, oh. but also Jennifer's oh, body so is, was on good. that list. Yes. Yes. Love that movie. Is there anything else other than those two that kind of stick out? Or again, just because I'm always looking for a different kind of horror movies and other titles that escape me. Was there anything else from that list that kind of you remember making an impact on you? Uh, Evil Dead as well. Nice. was another one that she said to look at, which was, I, I already have seen those a million times. But right, I was of course. Like, oh, great. I'll just watch them again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so those were the other ones. And like right before we started shooting, uh, Ruby and I, because we, we had just met on set, so we had like a girls night the night before shooting and we ordered pizza and we watched Evil Dead and we were just like, yes, here we go. That, sound, that sounds like a, I mean, you get to do that professionally for a living. That sounds like an absolute dream. That's so cool. I was just like, this is so dumb. I can't believe this is real. Like I couldn't believe that it was, it's part of the job and it was so fun. I was like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> Awesome. All right. So you meet with Chelsea. You, you finally, you do get uh, cast and you get the role of Sam here. And I know you've said in other interviews that you actually were in the service industry yourself. So there's some easy avenues to relate to her. Sam, obviously being the pizza delivery girl, the protagonist here, but do you have a process or what I guess was your process personally for finding Sam in you or finding any character, if you can speak generally even about it, about your preparation for work? Um, I think a lot of it, a lot of it for me is also, mainly the script. And I think we got really lucky with a writer like Grady because he is so detail oriented about his characters and all of his characters are very deep and he has, you know, full backstories for them. Like you learn about Sam. So I think a lot of what he had written was kind of a great guideline as to, you know, why, why Sam is the way she is and, um, and, you know, the decision she makes and maybe why she's, you know, a little, uh, maybe not the brightest, but also, you know, because she hasn't, you know, she hasn't had a full kind of growing up adulthood kind of childhood mo that most people would. Um, so a lot of it was that. And then um, and then I also I got really lucky that I got to talk to Chelsea and Grady before filming and could just kind of pick both their brains about Sam and, and what they were expecting versus, you know, compared to my version of what I thought Sam was. And thankfully, it was very similar. Um, but, yeah, a lot, a lot of it was just really going through the script and trying to make everything make sense as to why she's this way. And I also feel like in a weird way, I was like a Sam in a way oh, yeah? in high school. I was very, I feel like I was very similar to her in certain, you know, she's very, she was very innocent and is sometimes a little too trusting of people. 
Um, and I feel like in, in my early years of high school, I was very, I went to like a very small, uh, in from fifth grade to eighth grade, I went to like a very, very small hippy dippy private school that there was seven kids in my eighth grade class and I was the only girl. So I was, so I had like a very, you know, I was very kept little, little bubble child. and, (laughs) And then I went into like the big public school. So I feel like you know, going into like a big public high school was kind of my Sam moment of like, oh my God, I'm surrounded by all of these crazy things and I'm, and I'm not really what I was expecting to be. So, uh, so I kind of related to her in that way as well, which kind of helped in a sense. So it's, I mean, it's cool. You're able to bring that in from your real life, but you're also in this movie. I don't want to give too much away. And I truly think every horror fan needs to see this just because it's so much fun. But in this movie, Sam is putting like, hopefully some situations you can't personally relate to. <laughs> so, Oh uh, yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully not. <laughs> so like, how, how do you find where that character is supposed to go? Is it just a matter of, like you said, coordinating it with the writer and with Chelsea herself and, and finding it with, did you draw from anywhere, any kind of experience or, I mean, cause you play a great, terrified protagonist frankly thank you uh i think for me i mean part of it was so easy in the sense because we uh because we did all practical effects on the set yeah they look so everything great too. that you see happening and thank you everything that you see happening in front of you was actually happening on set so it was kind of it makes it even more easy to get into that you know being terrified of certain things or or having these horrible things happen because they were right in front of you which was a really great fun type of thing to have. And I think, again, also just, you know, the fun part about acting is imagining what these situations would be like. Thankfully, you know, hopefully not a lot of them do, Um, (laughs) but you get to, you get to allow yourself to imagine what would I, how would I react as this character or how would I initially react as myself in this situation? And then how would someone like Sam react in something this horrifying which is a kind of a fun place to go, which is why I really love horror. Yeah, I noticed in one of the interviews, Chelsea described the the whole like aesthetic as what would Martha Stewart do if she was a Satanist herself, <laughs> and I think yes, you guys yep. nailed that on the head. And it's a really it's such a, such a unique take on a horror picture in so many ways. I, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, more about bringing yourself into Sam, I, I guess. Listeners of the show know, you know, again, what horror junkies both also Mike and myself are. And something I think that really fits this culture and it's kind of perfect for this time is what Sam is and kind of what she represents for this time period. She's not this like, woe is me, overly sexualized, helpless protagonist who needs saving that kind of plague the genre from the 2000s. You said that you brought some of yourself into her. Did you happen to, I mean, is that how she was written the whole time or did you find yourself advocating to inject more of your, you know, more Haley into the character or was she always written as this strong, very capable, very full of agency final girl? She, yeah, she was always written that way, which was like, which for me was a big reason I I really wanted to do the project. I, I initially, you know, loved the script and thought it was hilarious, but that for me was a huge, huge factor. Right. Was how, because she is very sweet and innocent and very relatable in that way. But, She's not afraid to stick up for herself, which I I think, especially when you think of, you know, not saying she's weak, but more vulnerable characters. I think they are they don't necessarily always stick up for themselves or or will fight them themselves out of situations. They'll often end up being the first one to die. Mm. Um, So that's what I really loved that Grady wrote was that she was very 
even if it was accidental, her getting out of situations, she would always try and, and make her way out and, and, and that she came out at the, at the end, a stronger, you know, more capable person, which I think was huge. Cause I think especially before where the movie takes place, she was not that kind of way. And, you know, was dealing with a bunch of past stuff that she was trying to get over. And I think that she came out at the end where she wanted to be, I think the whole time was really a really satisfying thing, which I loved in the script. And it's so refreshing too. I mean, you, you play this badass capable heroine who teams up with another badass capable heroine to take on a cult led by a badass capable heroine. It's just <laughs> yeah. very, very unique for the genre. And it's kind of just so fits perfectly that they're all your, yeah. these characters are so filled with agency. It's great to see. Yeah, it was so nice. It was re- and especially that, all the main characters are females was really, right. really incredible because it's not a real common thing as much in horror, more, more so now, but you know, it's been a thing that's been lacking in the horror genre. So it was really amazing to see it have, you know, to have the coven led by women and then to have, you know, me and Judy be women who are in power and, and all the male characters take a backseat, which was really a really cool thing about the script. Awesome. Yeah, I echo your sentiments. It, it, it translated very easily in the same way to someone watching, I got to say. So, I mean, you spoke about who, who kind of leads the coven there, and you, you're rubbing shoulders on set here with the likes of Jerry O'Connell and Rebecca Romaine. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, I don't want, again, I don't want to give too much away, but there are some scenes, whether because of the star power attached to it or because of some of the practical effects, or the word kill, though, is going to come up a couple times in the next part of this yeah. conversation with you and me. Was there any one scene that maybe was like too difficult that you had to keep going to? Did you have laugh your way through it? Was it tough to, from just a practical standpoint to shoot? Was there any kind of story like that attached to this movie for you? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> um, I think pro- probably the scene that, that was the most stressful kind of like I was very, cause I'm a very hammy kind of person. Like I, I'll do, I'll, I like to laugh a lot. I like to make other people laugh. Like that's sure. my big thing on set. And this day I was, everyone was like, are you okay? Because I was so quiet. <laughs> um, was the scene that uh, happens between Sam and Judy in the kitchen, the voodoo scene. Sure. Because it was just, because I had pages of dialogue to get through. And then on top of that, we have all of these practical effects that are happening. And I didn't want to mess them up because poor Ruby is having to do all of this and go through all of this crazy kind of torture stuff. And I'm like, I do not want to be the cause of ruining a take. <laughs> so I was very, I was very quiet and just very like, okay. And I'm trying to write all over her. And I was like, okay, just breathe through today and it'll be fine. And then, you know, halfway through, then we've gotten to a pace where we're like, okay, we got it. We know what we're doing. Everything's fine. But the first couple hours, I was I was very kept to myself. <laughs> Understandably so, especially if you're covering yeah. you know your coworker there, like you were in some magic marker stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it wasn't like I would ruin it for me. I was like, I don't want to mess up someone else. <laughs> well, that's you know that's very considerate of you too. <laughs> you <know? Thanks. laughs> um, okay, you confront this kill though. Um, first of all, yes. oh. g- genius, absolutely genius, right. <laughs> what like how was that always in the script did you were you excited to see it the first, i don't i don't have a prepared question i just want to talk about the kill though is what i'm saying great yeah i that that honestly which i think again says a lot about me i was reading the script in my kitchen and the moment i got to that part i yelled to my roommate in her room i said anna i have to do this movie because <laughs> i could not believe what i was reading i thought I thought like I was high or something. I was like, there is no way I'm actually 
reading what is happening on this page. And so I, that was like the scene I was most excited for because I wanted to see what it looked like. And I, and just that whole situation is crazy. Um, and I didn't get to see the kilda until the day of, which was actually our very last day of shooting. Um, that was held for the last day. <laughs> the last day. And I was like, Oh my God. So it was a very, it was a very crazy ending of the shoot, which was kind of fitting. Um, but the minute Whitney Moore came out in that thing, I lost my mind. I like fell to the ground and I was like, this is better than I expected. It was just <laughs> so funny. Oh my God. It's so over the top, but it, I mean, for what, however, I don't oh, know how Chelsea bonkers. did it, but striking this chord between like, yes, it's zany and it's insane, but it also just fits right in with this script and these characters. I, I, I dare right? any other movie to try that. <laughs> I, that's what I love is that it, cause it's, like you said, it's such a zany, crazy concept of a thing, but it doesn't seem out of place in the movie, which is like nuts to me. And I love that about it. <laughs> it's so cool. So, so you're kind of like, all right, here we go. Here's the kill though. Let's, right, let's like, handle it. <laughs> like, like, I'm just going to work and just seeing this gigantic metal spear that's attached to some woman's right? waist. No big deal. And I'm like, oh, yep, this is it. Typical day at the office. We've all been there, yep, you know. Casual things, you know. <laughs> So another thing that's a, a little, you know, unique and probably not everyone does at their first movie gig is you, again, without giving too much away, you, you end up, I noticed this was a kind of an improv or at least Chelsea herself didn't know about it, but you end up getting licked like a puppy dog right across the cheek by Jerry O'Connell. Uh, yep. <laughs> How does that come about? And what was the decision there? Especially knowing that it was improv- improvised. I mean, how, who yeah. suggests that? So Jerry came up with the idea, which I thought was fun. I couldn't stop laughing when he said it because we, we did it a couple times. And then he goes, hey, can I talk to you really quick? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he pulled me to the side and he goes, okay, would you be okay if on this next time I licked your face? <laughs> and inside I was like, yes, obviously. But in the outside I'm like, yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, that's like whatever. That's fine. <laughs> and then like I know every every woman is like, that lucky bitch. <laughs> but the minute he said that, I was like, great. And Chelsea's like, what, what are you guys talking about? And we were like, nothing, you'll see. And everyone just died behind the camera when that happened. And they were like, yep, we'll keep that. We like that. Keep doing that one. So you and purposely, was, oh God, like, hilarious. you went out of your way to keep it from Chelsea? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was so, because I'm always like, oh, I'll just tell her. But Jerry's like, let's not tell anyone. Let's just do it and see what they say. And I was like, great. I love that. <laughs> it's so wild. <laughs> and, the, and the reaction, I think, gave exactly what I think people reacted to when they saw it. it was just like, what the hell? This is the weirdest thing ever. And it worked so well. Well, it's got to be a credit to the set, I would think. I mean, it seems like you guys had a, an absolute, never mind, you know, the on-screen chemistry, which is there and very prevalent. But it, was that just like a total fun set? It, it seems like going to work every day there would have been a total blast. Oh my God, it was incredible. It, they were just the best people. It was the best, the best crew, the best cast. Everyone was just so, I've, I've yet, I, you know, it's hard to have a lot of experience because, you know, a lot of times, like with TV shows, everyone's very busy and it's, you know, you have a very tight schedule. But this, it was just, everyone was so friendly and so warm and everyone was just there to have a really fun, crazy time. So it was just, it was a joy to get to go every day and to see these people every day and to be like, hey guys, are you ready to go get fucking bloody? And it was, just, it was a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not a quote that would translate well in an office job. So it's a good thing you're an actress. Right, there. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone would be concerned in the nine to five. But right. No, yeah, I, it makes sense. <laughs> I get it. I think I think you picked the right industry, frankly. Yeah, and and I think it's it really helped too, especially because you know some of the subject. It's the material is crazy. A lot of it is crazy, and 
could be very stressful to shoot or, you know, uh, it could cause high tensions as, as to how much we had to fit into the, those 18 days. But I think it says a lot that everyone was so kind and welcoming. And, you know, I never really felt that at all, that everyone was so supportive, which was really a really nice thing to have. And to that end, I mean, you talked about you seem to get along very, very well, both Walt, the writer and the director. And you said there was some obviously some room for improvisation. I mean, was that something that happened a lot? Would you did you feel you were allowed free reign with creative input and at least at least an open forum to share your ideas? Yeah, which was which was a really, really nice thing is that they weren't super strict with, you know, there are certain things that like we need to obviously say and whatnot. But they were very open to if you if you said like, hey, can I just try something really quick? Or I have this weird idea. Can I see if it works? They were always very like, yeah, absolutely. Why not? Just go for it. So it was really, really great in that way that you, you kind of had creative freedom to just kind of be crazy and do do certain things just to see if they work. And, and if they didn't, you know, you could just be like, all right, well, just just ignore that I did that and let's do it again. <laughs> but they were so great about letting me just kind of have fun and, and do different types of stuff. Now, I imagine that's, and I, I mean, I don't have uh, experience, but I imagine juxtaposing that to like your time on a television set where everything's so time constrained and everything, is there less freedom there or do, would you be able to flex more creatively on Satanic Panic? Yeah, I think, especially with TV, I feel like it's a lot less of that because, you know, especially with like TV scripts, they they always have to be very word perfect. Mm. Um, that's what I've always, that's what I've always gathered from my time on, you know, from doing relatively like a couple amount of shows um, is that that's their big thing is they they're very word perfect and they want they want to make sure you get every word out and said um, but with this they were very they were very open to being like the um, without again without giving too much away when I yell at um, Gary at the end mm-hmm. the um, uh, Michael Polish's character originally it was the 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 big rant I have at him it was written differently for a char- for for a character that was not Michael Polish looking. So I and you know, we didn't really think about that until the day we were shooting it and I and I went up to our producer Dallas and Chelsea and I was like, Hey, can I just like make up a couple insults to throw in where the ones like can I replace the ones that don't work and just make them up? And they were like, Yeah, totally. And I went up to Michael and I went, just so you know. I don't mean any offense. By this. <laughs> I'm like, it is strictly based on Gary. And he's like, I'm down. He's, and then he came up to me afterwards. And he's like, egg headed shaped fuck. Okay. He's like, I like it. He's like, that was good. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, well, that's the next question, right? Like, do you have to like walk that back at all? And afterwards be like, yo, good shoot. Uh, my bad about the egg headed shaped fuck thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I, I was, but he was so, he's so great. And I love him. Um, and I was just like, Hey, I'm going to make up some insults. Is that okay? And he's like, Oh, go for it. He's like, have fun, say whatever you want. And, and, you know, I would never say anything that was like brutal, but like he was, he was so down for it and thought they were really funny. And I was like, I love you. You got to walk that line between like being able to say it, but not looking like you came up with it so easily that it's obvious. (laughs) Right. I was like, I hope he wasn't like, damn, he really came up with that fast. Chelsea, you came in with these (laughs) pre-written. Yeah. Yeah, right. I was like, I've had a list on my phone actually ready to go. Right, Um, right, 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 right. (laughs) I could could see how you could run into a little bit of, again, just the difference between the set and the office life. Things you can't get away with, I guess. Right, right, absolutely. So, um, you're doing a lot of things in this movie, obviously. I mean, you're in a physical tussle one minute, you're cracking one-liners the next, you're... Um, 
you know, being sacrificed dramatically in another. Uh, it, you're playing <laughs> kind of a lot of genres here at once. Is there any one that you prefer? Is there anyone you had more teaching and more education in than the other? Um, I've, it's interesting. I've always, I mean, comedy has been like a big, a big thing of mine that I love. And I, I it's funny because I've never done comedy like, um, you know, TV or film wise before this, but it's always been something that I've been stronger at and is more, and it's something that I love to do. So that for me was an exciting kind of, you know, genre to get to touch on. Um, but I've definitely had more experience in the drama kind of thing, but the comedy has always been my number one favorite thing to do. So that was a really fun thing to get to play up in this movie. Well, that's it's, then you also I've noticed in one of the the previous interviews you say you have experienced like learning and doing stage combat or I forget the the term for it but oh yeah yeah is this your first opportunity to to do that on camera here yeah which was so exciting because I I've been sitting on that freaking degree for so long <laughs> of, that, of that stage combat like hand to hand so I've been so excited to use that for something. Because uh, we did it in, I, I had that in college, and they had someone come in from the actual um, American Fight Coordination Company or whatever it's called, <laughs> come in, and uh, and they taught us, and we had to do all of the all these scenes that had fights, and then at the end, you know, you get judged and see if you get the certificate or not. And I've been waiting to be able to use it for something. And when I was reading this, I was like, oh my god. I get to do so much of that. So it was really <laughs> fun because I've always loved doing it. And I think it's a really fun kind of thing to get to film and, and do and getting to react to that kind of stuff is a blast. So it was really fun to finally get to put it to good use. Every page of that script must have just been a joy. You're like, oh, my God, stage combat. Oh, my God, sacrifice. Oh, my God, kill. Oh. <laughs> it just kept getting better every page I turned. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> now, another perk about you on this set and working on this film is, I mean, chemistry you guys all have that it jumps off the screen but there is clearly a kinship that developed between you and co-star ruby modine uh listeners of course will recognize her she's laurie from happy death day one and two probably most well known been but a bunch of other things as well but you got you guys i mean it's so palpable it's almost as if you guys have known each other forever did you just meet on set yeah that which was the craziest thing so we we met we texted a little bit beforehand you know, just kind of saying we can't wait to meet and to do the project. And then the first day we met each other, we just kind of ran up to each other and just started hugging each other. And I was like, baby! And we were just going crazy. And then that first day on set, everyone was like, oh, you see you guys know each other. That's so nice. And we we're like, no, no, we just met like five minutes ago. <laughs> um, so it was kind of nice. It was it was a crazy connection that was amazing that the, the way it worked out, that it was just immediate, which was really, really nice. And and. I we we always we always will message Chelsea every every couple of weeks and be like thank you so much for bringing us together and for allowing us to meet and become friends because we just both feel very grateful that we got to become friends over it and I feel really lucky to to have that connection with someone and to have had someone like her to go through the process with because it was a wild first movie so I felt really really lucky to have someone like her to be there for me when I went through all of it. Well, that's in both incredibly sweet. And I mean, if, if anyone didn't know any better, honestly, the way the two of you play off each other, you, you think you two are sisters. Like, seriously, you have that. Kind of, I hope Aww. you two work together in the future. You guys definitely have oh, that kind too. of bond. Oh, me too. I, she's the greatest to work with. So I would I would love that. Any more time I can spend with her, the better. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you're on set. You're you're doing Satanic Panic. You're dealing with the the Ruby Modines, the Rebecca Romaines, Jerry O'Connell. You're rubbing elbows. I mean, Chelsea herself has been you know with Judd Apatow and with Blumhouse. Yeah. I don't mean to be like ask a really cliche interview question, but it's not every Do day it. someone's first movie is with all this wealth of knowledge and experience and veteranship in the industry coming from all different walks of life. Yep. Is there like something you did glean from working with these people so much and just seeing them day in and day out? Is there something that like you're going to add to your process or something you know that you took from this experience specifically because having worked with such a wide, vast array of professionals? Oh my God, so much. I mean, I feel so incredibly, incredibly lucky that, you know, my first film was with all of these crazy talented people that have had successful careers and continue to, it's just, it blows my mind that I was, you know, walking up to set and Rebecca Romaine's there. And I'm like, <laughs> what is happening to me? You're but a mistake. I I, yeah. I, literally, I was like, wow, oh my God. <laughs> so I, I think like a huge, a huge thing that I learned and I will talk, endlessly about him until like until the day I die but Jerry O'Connell like he's I mean everyone's amazing but really like he he's been he's been in this thing since he was a kid yeah like he's he's been in this for so long and I think watching him having because we only have that one scene together and we shot it in one day but getting to work with him and see him work and see how kind he was to everyone and how you know present he was on set and and how he would just come in with like the greatest funniest ideas and was just a big team player. I think, you know, especially, especially coming from someone who's been in this industry that long was a really refreshing thing to see and was really like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And I want to, I want to always be like that as well. And, and, and especially just watching every person in the cast who's worked so much is again, seeing their kindness to everyone on set and, and, showing up fully prepared and, but still being able to have fun behind the scenes was a really great thing to see. And was like, Oh my God, yes, that's what I want to do. And I love that. I'm still seeing it in people that are so successful, which was really, really amazing. That is such a sweet and professional answer. I feel like this like is a hallmark <laughs> moment. Like you should have that clip and like send it, just put it on your CV or something. Uh, I'm not full of a lot of those. So I'm glad I got one out. <laughs> All right, so Satanic Panic, that's that's a great, great, I mean, for a first movie, I can't believe it was your first movie, but you're a spectacular final girl. Personally, I hope you do end up doing more horror, but what's next in the Haley Griffith CV? What's coming up next for you? I know you have Martin Eden coming up as well. Uh, is there anything else uh, we should be on the lookout for with you as far as movie and your career goes? That is that is it right now. I am, I am doing the hustle, getting very close on stuff, hoping more horror works out because that is oh my god it's so much fun so i'm i'm hoping more stuff comes comes soon so we're keeping our fingers crossed <laughs> so aside from the movie stuff though i mean if, if you do yeah. have a little downtime let's talk about your burgeoning and budding youtube personality and influencer <laughs> career that you have to have because you have these like i don't know if they're mock videos i don't know what they are but on your instagram you say yeah. you're you're a big fan of vine anyway you have these mock yeah. youtube videos hey they're they're fucking hysterical first of all and they seem like they're oh, right off you. of like any kind of influencers page why are you doing these in the first place and also why are you so good at them <laughs> first of all thank you um <laughs> So I did them. It started where I think it was people telling me I should do YouTube. 
And I was just like, I think that would be a terrible idea. I was like, I feel like I'm just, I'm, that would just be so bad for someone like me. And I was like, so I, for some reason, I just thought, I just was thinking, I'm like, oh my God, what would it be like if I did have a YouTube channel and the dumpster fire that it would be? So then I started making videos trying to prove to people why I shouldn't have videos and what they would probably be like. So that was kind of where that weird idea came from. Um but I, I don't, I just, I don't know. It's so much fun and I want to do YouTube, but I, but people, people scare me. Like, <laughs> like reading the comments on people's YouTube videos. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I could handle that. Like I have a really thick skin, but like people are brutal. Oh yeah. 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 It's nasty out there for sure. <laughs> oh my God. It's crazy. Like I've even gotten like, and it's not so, you know, it's more, when messages when messages are just about me, like I've gotten some really, really hilarious DMs from strangers that are just so mean. Oh but Jesus! Like, oh yeah, someone just just someone sent me one the other day that said, "You fucking c word," and I couldn't. But for me, that's hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing. But like, I that doesn't bother me. But I think it's when you put the idea of putting so much energy and like creative process into a video. And then people being like, you should kill yourself. Like, oh my God. Right, yeah. I'm like, well, I think I would be like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of the opposite effect that I think you want. I think you're absolutely right there. But I, I mean, are you into the YouTube culture and the Vine culture? Like, do you have favorite creators or you, do you follow it? Because, again, oh. I, this this is stuff that's just like it's spot on. It's like Shane Dawson, ask or Gabby, ask all that stuff. Yes. Oh, my God. OK, I am like the biggest youtube person and it's oh, really? like i'm 20 i'm almost 26 i don't know if i should be as into youtube as i am <laughs> like i feel like i'm a 14 year old like fucking like hell yeah but i love it um which was so cool to also have hannah stocking on set because i was like i already knew who she was i knew everything and i was like oh my god <laughs> um but i i love shane dawson i love jenna marbles is like my queen my icon i love her so much um david dobrik like i'm i am a huge youtube fan so is this like we? I'm I'm a little older than you, but like, was this what you guys did in like high school? Because I was when I, the YouTube whole that whole phenomenon started. I think just about when I was in college, so I was a little too yeah. old for it. But like the whole David Dobrik, I know he's been doing it since he was like a, a fucking teen, right? I know, yeah, yeah. And see, it's so weird because I never was into YouTube until like maybe a couple of years ago. Like I think once I, like maybe towards the end of my college career, like in 2016, mm -hmm. it's probably when I started getting really into YouTube because before that I really, it really wasn't my thing. I never, I was never like an o, an OG, like Shane Dawson fan from like back in the days. It was just something that like, I for some reason got really into as an adult. <laughs> and And I've just like been obsessed with it since. And I don't, I think a lot of it also came from Vine because I was a huge Vine fan. Yeah. And then when when the app was shut down, a lot of the creators went to YouTube. So then I, I kind of was like, oh, well, I can I can watch these people that I liked watching on Vine on YouTube. And I think that's kind of where I maybe got into it more was when that started happening. So does that mean you do TikTok too? Is that is that a thing that the kids are doing? Unfortunately, <laughs> it, I get shit on it about not like nonstop. It's endless for my friends. It's like we were at a friend's giving the other night and they were pulling up old TikToks and I wanted to fucking die. <laughs> but I, I, I unironically love TikTok now and I hate that I do. <laughs> 
Oh, wait, so wait, I, I mean, this is a conversation that Mike and I actually had recently because we're just, Ooh, I mean, we're, we're like 30 year olds in like 90 year old bodies, basically. What Love it. <laughs> is TikTok? Can, I mean, you're, you're, you okay. seem like a young and, and hip. That's what kids say, right? You seem like a person that's with it. What the hell is it? But see, the weird thing is I am actually an 80 year old woman. Like, I don't leave my apartment. I knit. I wear pajamas. I have a guinea pig. Like, I don't go party. I don't go out. This is, like, the youngest thing about me is, like, my YouTube TikTok fame. Oh, like, wow. Like, all right. Like all right. That I love. Everything else, I'm, like, so old. And that's why everyone's like, I don't get why you like it so much. You don't <laughs> seem like you would. <laughs> but I... But so the thing with TikTok, because it originally... I know, I know too much. It originally was called Musical.ly, which was, like, a bunch of teenagers that would lip sync to songs and it was so dumb sorry to musically or tiktok whatever <laughs> but i i you know try to get on it for a bit because that's how, like so many people were getting like huge like de- deals and followers from it so i'm like oh maybe i should try it and it was just awful and i hated it um and and then somewhere somewhere within the past couple of years they changed their name to tiktok and now the content is just it's very vine energy mm. <laughs> so it's just some somewhere along the line it changed from no longer being like a weird lip syncing kind of dressing up like a like a hooker and trying to get males to like your tiktoks it's now like which is basically how i spend my wednesdays anyway talking about. Yeah, right but it's now like a weird where you can put your random stuff that happens and it's so so funny so i don't know why it changed but i'm really happy it did <laughs> I love that you're walking this line too between like, yeah, I, I stay home and knit, but I also like, I lip sync Freddie Mercury on occasion. I know. It's so, like, I'm just like, I don't make sense as a human, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. That's why we get along right now. That's why this interview is going uh, swimmingly, I think. Yeah. You have, you mentioned it and it's the star of the show and I told you I wanted to ask you a question about it. Um, you have a guinea pig that's all over your I socials do. as well. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> Who is uh, adorable, first of all, but his name is Wally, yes? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is Wally's story and why aren't you famous with him? <laughs> Man, he he should be famous. He's a walking, living meme. He is so funny. <laughs> um, he So I got Wally about almost three years ago. Um, my roommate and I wanted a pet. And, you know, we live in a small New York apartment, so a dog was out of the question and cats hate me. So... We were like, cats hate you? Thing. Oh, they hate me. What does that mean? I have, such, I have such dog energy as a person that they can sense it. And even people will be like, no, my cat is different. My cat will love you. <laughs> I always get bit. I always get scratched. Like, they just hate me. We Every have a cat strict no met. cats so, policy on the on MMO yeah. anyway, so you're good. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, they just don't like me. So I just, you know, it's never been my type of pet. Um, so her and I both had guinea pigs growing up and we were like, let's do that. And I just was, I was searching for like months because I'm terrified of committing to things and taking care of a living, breathing animal. So (laughs) I searched for a long time for the perfect, perfect one to come about. And then I saw this little, little fat fuzzy thing and I went, Oh my God, I need, I need it. I need that thing. And then I, I read on the, it's like on the little tag or whatever, it said he was a Peruvian guinea pig. So I looked it up and, and I saw that that means they have really long hair. So he just looks like a bad toupee <laughs> or like he's going through like a 2010 MySpace phase. Like he just is, he's so hilarious looking. So it kind of works out that we have this really weird looking pet because it kind of fits us. 
And but I don't, I didn't realize how weird it was to have a guinea pig until I got one. I didn't realize. So this is a, this like, is a shared custody guinea pig. Old? Oh yeah. Oh yes, it is. Yes. I mean, I'm the. We always say I'm his mom, and she's like a step parent. I see. Because he doesn't really like her, but and I'm smothering, so it's more <laughs> of that situation. But she is she is she is present as a parent, so we we commend her for that. <laughs> that's good. That yeah, that's that's important. You need to yeah. have both. Infl- it's good good for right. an upbringing of a guinea pig to have both parents. Yeah, involved. absolutely. Yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> uh, I think you have all the tools. I demand more YouTube and legitimate YouTube content from you. And if you're just going to corner the market and, and your downtime of just making fun of other active personalities, I'm all here for yeah. it. And I can't get enough of it. So I hope you do more of that as well. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. I, I've been thinking about it more. So maybe 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 along the lines of like a couple Maybe in a couple months, I'll do something because it is it is really fun. So <laughs> good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, I feel like we just kind of scratched the surface. And we have a tons more to talk about, and I want to. We didn't even get on the current movies or anything going on with the Oscars race or anything like that. So we have to have you back on today. Or Jesus Christ, yeah. we have to have you back on at some point. Yeah. Um, I do want to get you out of here there. We'll start wrapping up and I get you on the last question here that we always ask and end the MMO interviews with. Um, you are now a very esteemed, you're a star on the rise. You've been in movies. You've oh. been in TV shows. You're now, I mean, like it or not, you are a veteran of the industry. You've been here and you've done your you've took time already, right? Right. <laughs> so I don't think there's anyone <laughs> more proper to ask than if Haley oh, Griffith had to have the worst possible version of any movie <laughs> that could be made, seeing as you do have all this wealth of experience and you know now what you do, does and doesn't work and what you do and don't like, what would be the right. worst possible movie for Haley Griffith? You know, I thought a lot. I, I was really thinking about this, but for some reason I couldn't get the thought out of my head, so I'm going with it. All right, let's hear okay. it. Okay. A remake of Titanic, which is already, it's, a, it's an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. However, I want a version where the characters are animated animals, like Secret Life of Pets, like <laughs> that kind of animation. Mm-hmm. But it's not a comedy. It's not a children's movie. It is a straight drama <laughs> just with animated pets. And then I want the My Heart Will Go On to be done by Lil Wayne. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and that is the only thing I want <laughs> That's like the opposite of the Oscars. Right. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to Lil Wheezy, but like, no, nobody wants no, that. Right, but like, but that's not, you know, you can't, you can never compete with that original one. So I thought that that's what I want. And I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. So, so a gritty, dramatic retelling of the actual yep. Titanic movie just done mm-hmm. with Secret Life of Pets protagonists and Wheezy on the yep. soundtrack. Yep. Yeah, that sounds terrible. I'll give it to you. Right? Yeah, no, that's 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 bad. Good job. (laughs) Haley Griffith, thank Thank you you so very much for coming on. Uh, thank you for your time. We gotta do this again sometime. Thank you, of course. Uh, how great was that? Haley Griffith, a young up-and-coming actress, star of Satanic Panic. You've seen her, like I said, in the intro. You've seen her all over your TV screens, Law & Order, SVU, Bull, uh, Mysteries of Laura on NBC as well. Thank, cannot thank her enough for spending some time with us and uh, well, in shooting the shit and just uh, honestly... The mystery of TikTok being solved is the highlight of this episode for me because I couldn't tell you what the hell. I looked at the app one day and it just got me so angry. It's the first time in my life I felt like a really old man that I was just staring at some piece of technology I couldn't understand. And all I wanted to do was punch my phone. So I'm glad that if nothing else, we got a great backstory about one of the funniest horror comedies that I've seen in a long time that I think every horror fan should see. And we get the goddamn mystery of TikTok solved for us here on 
on MMO interviews. And really, that's what these episodes are all about. Uh, more seriously, cannot thank Haley Griffith enough. Uh, be sure to be on the lookout for Martin Eden. Be sure, if you are a horror fan, please go check out Satanic Panic. And let's keep Lil Wayne as far the hell away from any Titanic remakes and soundtracks as we possibly can. You can check Haley out. Uh, she is Hail underscore Griffith. That's H A Y L underscore G R I F F I T H. You can find her on both Twitter and Instagram on those handles. I'm going to imagine it's the same thing on TikTok, but again, I don't know how to navigate or function that uh, godforsaken app, so you may be on your own there, but do check her out there. You can also check her out at HaleyGriffith.com. Guys, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar. We obviously, as always, want to hear your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns about this interview and anything else we do here in the MMO universe. Uh, we have a couple more interviews coming up. We have some guest reviews, some co-reviews, some all kinds of fun stuff with the Oscar Sprint profiles as well. We're getting into award season. We can preview all of it to death, but why don't you just stick around and listen? Drop us a line. Give us a comment. Give us some feedback. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts, including and especially Apple Podcasts. And if you happen to own an iPhone, if you just use Apple Podcasts, Podcast or just use iTunes. If you can go on your iPhone or on the app, the Apple Podcast app. It's a little square purple app button. You could tap on that. It's got the white, I guess for this episode, we'll call it a white Wally sticking out of the middle of it, that little stick-like thing. Tap on that. Type in Mike, Mike, and Oscar into the search bar. Tap on our logo when it comes up and you can scroll down and see the opportunity to leave us five stars. Those truly go a long way. If you wouldn't mind doing that, they mean a, a world to us. Uh, if you could take 10 seconds out of your day and do a nice thing. It's the season of giving, right? So give us five stars. That's just rude. Uh, again, thank you to Haley Griffith. Words of wisdom or go watch Satanic Panic. Also, Mike will be back next episode. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. When reality sucks, you can always come and watch movies of any kind in any genre with us. Uh, thank you once again to Haley. We will see you very soon. See you.